just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. My name is John Ball, and I'm very happy to introduce to you my guest today, Frederick Sandwell. He is a serial entrepreneur. He's worked in finance for many years, has lots of experience in lots of different sectors. We'll get to hear some more about that. He is also an author of several books, and I'm really looking forward to some particular insights he has on influence and persuasion in today's call. Let me welcome Frederick. Thank you. Thanks, John. I really look forward to sharing ideas about that as well, because I think it is important, something that we all do every single day, whether we agree and, and uh, agree about that to ourselves or not. Great. Tell, tell me a bit about a little bit about your background and what sort of uh, experiences you've been through that have made you something of uh, an expert on particularly on things like influence and persuasion. Yeah, so I like to highlight a few things. Uh, number one, uh, the accent is from having worked in more than 40 countries, traveling more than 80. So I am born in Sweden. So that is the accent out of the way. I now live in uh, London. And uh, I started up growing up in the countryside. And one of the first things I learned uh, as young is to be the oldest brother. So with that came lots of more extra responsibilities, leadership traits, and also in the space of what we talk about in this podcast as well. Uh, the scouts, early days, same thing there, like a lot of influence, leadership, presentation uh, was important throughout my early days, and also daring to get on stage through dance of everything. Uh, so, uh, compete, <laughs> competing in dance, daring to be on stage in front of many, many people at a very young age uh, has helped me and still helps today. Uh, then I moved on to join the military. So I did many years, more than 10 years with Special Forces and the last number of years in intelligence uh, and operations in mo many countries all over the world. Uh, while I did that, I also worked with running uh, not one, but two businesses. Uh, and now in the last few years, I have moved permanently to, to London, uh, still work all over the world. And uh, now my focus is in deal making in real estate, deal making around entrepreneurship, raising finance. And um, all of those things together with a couple of business degrees has helped me to pick up different aspects from negotiating, for example, with the United Nations to handling human, human intelligence gathering to uh, try to deal with your siblings, <laughs> uh, managing large teams, small teams. I think the largest uh, direct uh, unit I had was more than 250 people to manage, uh, often managing uh, a hell of, well, a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, it's quite an interesting background and I'm sure there's more that you could go into as, as yeah. well. But one of the things that really excited me uh, 
I think I said when we first spoke, was that um, your background in intelligence and diplomacy that yep. I think is, uh, you know, for, for a podcast like mine that's really very focused on things like being able to present yourself and influence and persuasion, yes. that that is an area where I'm sure I, I'm fascinated about it and I think listeners will be as well. Can, can you tell us maybe first of all how, how you ended up there and maybe some of the lessons or experiences you've had through that. Yeah, you jump, jump straight in, happy to do that. Uh, so uh, number one, how to get into intelligence. Some people who listen to this podcast might be curious how to do that. Uh, the first thing working with that is you can't tell people that you do that. That's number one. So you can't tell the world that, ah, I'm gonna be this and that. Well, well keep that thought to yourself. Uh, different countries have got different se selection uh, methods how to do this, uh, obviously uh, with the high quantity of people who would like to do it, they are screening for different things. So how did I get into this? Starting with a very broad, at the time when I grew up, uh, roughly 100,000 people, men, uh, is how many uh, were 18 at the year when I did the test. So they tested everything from your physique to your mental health, to your psyche, to your strength, to your background and, and suitability basically. And that helped me through extra tests uh, and selection periods like you see on, on movies with like the Navy Seals, Hell Week, etc. All of that allowed me to pass a minimum barrier to get into Special Forces. And I did many years as an officer. And then from there, the transition was quite easy because that is the perfect pedigree for uh, especially military intelligence to find the operators and, and intelligence officers from that space. Uh, so assuming that you are one of the best uh, and assuming that you, you are loyal, trustworthy and can serve your cause or the country because they, they will, of course. So, for example, I would find it very difficult to try to enter the intelligence service in the United Kingdom because I am not I, I'm not born here. My parents are not from here. So talk about intelligence. Uh, the best way to do it, unless you, you are a traitor and deceit your own country, is to focus on your own country. <laughs> Right, well, that, that uh, would make sense. Right? That's a good start. That's a good starting <laughs> yeah. point. So, yeah, number one, it's quite hard to get in. And once you're in there, you get fantastic training. Uh, so, picking one example, uh, you, many of the listeners might or might not have seen any of the, the, the Bourne series from many years ago. One thing which is quite cool talking about uh, influencing is amount of information you can take in. What do I mean by that? Uh, I mean, literally, we, we get so many impressions bombarding us every second of every day and we can open our mind to see, take in, recall and remember a lot more by actually just opening our senses up uh, and uh, paying more attention. So if you and me would be on, 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 a, on a bus or the tube or anywhere, uh, we can just decide to think about ourselves and very much cordon off and don't see, hear or observe things around us. Uh, or we can do the other way around. So we can actually uh, pay attention to details. We can screen the terrain for whatever we find in interesting or, or hostile or whatever. So just the amount of information you can take in. Uh, and bring this back to influencing. So to read your audience or at the negotiation table, to read the people around uh, the table, uh, the, the body signals, uh, taking the whole message, not only what people say, because that's just a fraction of what, what is actually the message. So the whole compassion, how, how trustworthy they are, whether they are lying or not, uh, uh, whether 
uh, yeah, all of those things come together. So number one, that is just take in a lot of information. I'm thinking already far away from the original question. So I'll just uh, <laughs> It's on. okay, this is interesting because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that you know, most people when they're going in front of a board or if they're doing a presentation, exactly. they're in their heads. They're not looking at what's going yeah, on around them or, or think, so right. looking for details and paying attention. So this is good stuff. Yeah. So back, back on, on that track again. So how you then present your message Talk about the super basics. The one, one way is to tell people the way you like to be told. Even better gold standard is, of course, to try to tell it to them the way they like to receive the message, basically. And that comes down to, yet again, your understanding of the person or the audience across. So that means that you will most likely, if it's one person, you need to indirectly profile them so that you can customize the message. If it will be like, uh, if you will share your message with passion, it will be full of rich of details, if you need to cut to the chase. Uh, those are just a few high level thoughts on how to customize your message to get across uh, to the person and, and increase the likelihood of them actually taking it on board, which, which is also sometimes linked to likability or not, it depends on the context. But likability can also open up people's minds to be more likely to take in your message. Uh, yeah. And assuming that you've done all of those things, then you are now in a place where you actually hopefully have said the right things. <laughs> so, so that would be some like rapport building thing. Yeah, absolutely. Very, absolutely. very focused yeah. rapport building because yeah. you're also looking for maybe specific directions or triggers as to what, what best way to create rapport with specific people yes, based on indeed. the situation. Indeed. Great. Yeah. So from, from that then, um, where, where, would you, where would you go from there? Like you, you've got some rapport, you're ready to present. What next? Yeah. I, I like to read one already there. So assuming that you are about to present, negotiate, or, or just talk to other people, uh, before you even come to that space, you would like to prepare. And, and that's something I see people failing all the time, including myself sometimes. Uh, it's always, if you're good at what you do in terms of this space, and, and you're so good and so confident, you just go in there, you wing it and you nail it, imagine, Yes, imagine how good you could be if you actually paid some attention and prepared as well, in addition to that. So that comes back to, again, customizing the message, uh, making sure that you, you have uh, some hooks potential that they can grab onto when, when, when you're talking so they can actually recall what you actually have said, uh, how you formulate, how you frame the whole conversation, including even which setting you have, if you can influence that as well. So uh, many people I know uh, have picked uh, a very ambient yet useless venue for a particular conversation, for example. So we might have uh, talk about, for example, the sales space. Uh, I've been coaching many thousands of people in the co sales space and, and one MD uh, who was asking for advice about like, what, what, where should I meet them? He was about to meet the, the, the highest uh, person in uh, one of the biggest phone companies in the world and he had got FaceTime with him and he thought like I have to do something really good to impress this person so he thought but well, basically the fanciest place that he can come up with that would be appropriate um, but when I was coaching him around that I I made very clear that yeah very nice venue but not for the purpose he will not be able to hear what you have got to share so we might have a good experience but he will have no idea about who you are what you want to do with him so it means that you you've given me a good experience thank you very much uh, but he will have no idea what you're about so that's that's another way right. of, of preparation before the actual meet yeah 
Okay, great. I mean, preparation is always, always a good idea and it's going to make a, a difference to your results. I mean, one of the things that I like to do to prepare is to think about the outcomes that I'd most like to create. Yeah. And, yep. and then at, least, at the very least set an intention for that outcome so that I think I'm more likely that I'm directing myself, kind of programming myself to, to work towards that. doesn't always guarantee it, but it, it, does, yep. it does help me improve my results. So that, that's probably one of the things that I do to prepare, especially for, for meetings of those sorts of um, kinds. Yeah. One thing that I, I'm interested in particularly, um, and may or may not be able to properly answer this, but um, are, there, are there skills that you, you learn in terms of, um, creating rapport or influence in in those areas are they all learnable outside of the uh, intelligence community and secret service yeah. or, or are there are stuff that no i, I, I would themselves? say that they're very much learnable and, and teachable um c- certain things uh, not trying to be sounding elitist uh, so some things are harder to learn so it might not be appropriate to fit with some people's uh, n- normal life or traits or behaviors uh, but most of it is, is very much teachable. So for example, one time I came home to my wife and told her I've been away for two weeks. Uh, Hello dear, uh, I've been on a two weeks training how to lie. By the way, I'm going away for the weekend. I probably shouldn't combine those two statements in very much the same, same phrase. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing of saying you've just been on a course to learn how to lie, is that, yeah. what, is that true? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, what, and what does it mean? Yeah, yeah. To, to, to give it a, a context, what, one way how to, for example, when you're talking to people and they are actually trying to deceit you, there, there are quite a few ways how you can spot that. Uh, and also one way, obviously, how to learn to spot that is to flip the table. So if you learn how to do it, that means you're easier, more likely to actually spot it. So that's obviously the, the, the major reason I was having that training, not to actually yeah. lie, but actually to see when you're negotiating which people are doing what. And um, yeah. That's are, there a few, are there a few pointers you could share with us about how well, to spot I, I would say uh, all these things with, um, uh, for example, where their eyes are going, stuff like that. People can read about that quite openly if people are searching their memory or if they go into the creative mind and might actually come up with a fabrication to an answer that should be a straightforward from, from the back of the mind. They actually have to, to come up with uh, a creative, not so truthful uh, version of what they, they, they are about to reply about. So that's, of course, one thing. But since that is commonly known about people who are at least decent, Good at doing this that means you can you can therefore train to look the other way you can use the eyes to not use the eyes doing exactly what i talk about if you just pay attention to it so the eyes for for amateurs is a great giveaway to to catch them but if people are professional liars then you will have no clue to find them uh, another way how people try to hide uh, the truth is to put it into a chunk where the biggest part is truth, but some of the details are either left out or, or you, you tweak them to the, the way that you want to. But again, again, this is, of course, around how people communicate. And whether we know it or not, we, we do lie pretty much every day, all of us in the world as well. It might be omitting something or it might be hiding something uh, or it might be conscious, might be unconscious. So, yeah, 
lying is unfortunately part of human communication as well. It is. And, and from some of the books that I've read, it seems that society might actually fall apart if we all start <laughs> telling the truth all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are great examples in, in movies and so on. For example, uh, if... Yeah, I just like to link to the, to, the, to the yes man. So if we just say yes to everything, then we will have a very certain outcome. If we say the truth to everything, I think that will also derail many people's lives. Yeah, so uh, honesty isn't always uh, the best policy, I guess. But, yeah. but integrity is, and, and yeah. that's a bit, yeah. I think that's, and you know, I know they get clubbed in together, but they're not always the same thing. Yeah. And um, where, where would that come in for you? Did, you? did you ever feel that you had to compromise yourself at all in those professions to get a result? Or? Uh, no, uh, I, I was very good with convincing myself again. Uh, the different ways how you can justify things to yourself. For example, one common way is like the greater good. And the greater good could be anything. It could be a just and good cause, uh, but it can also be perverted into, you can convince your own brain anything, which I try to teach my kids all the time, that you can basically take the same situation, you can think it's good or bad, regardless it's truth. So uh, linking that back to uh, why, why and how you do it. So the, the greater causes, the greater goods, it might be you do something for the team's sake, for the family's sake, for your own sake, for the country. Uh, so all of those things come together in, in a nice way, how we convince ourselves that whatever we are doing is right. Yeah. So if we're about to have like a sales presentation, unfortunately for many people in sales, including myself in many cases, uh, you're selling because it's your livelihood. And you need to sell to feed your family. And I think that's not the ideal situation, but it's just the way how sales have been working forever. I mean, going way, way back before we even had money. Like if you can't sell and trade your goods, then you might starve for the day. Yeah, as, as a species, we're very good at justifying our... Uh, yeah. behaviors wherever decisions or actions we make we can follow that up with and our brain kind of has to make sense of it and justify it and yeah. um, i don't think we have any any option other than to do that other than to live in a, a state of cognitive dissonance all the while yeah could you tell us maybe about uh, any stories about where maybe you've had some challenges in that arena or in terms of influence and persuasion that you've been able to achieve uh, a big result uh, I would say the, the biggest challenge that most have is because the globe is very global, so people move around, like we are both today in, in a different uh, country than where we were born. The culture aspect is a huge thing in terms of that. Um, would you mind to re just repeat the question one more time so I stay on... on, on just to, to get from you whether there was a, a challenge or a situation yeah, okay, you had yes. in that work that yes. you had to... So the, the, whole, the whole challenge of cultural understanding comes back to where we started this, like understand the person across the table. Uh, because the cultural understanding is so important, it's so easy to miss clues uh, that uh, one, one sign with your body in one part of the country might mean the opposite in another part. So your, your, your body language will either help you or hinder you. Uh, and also the understanding, for example, uh, a challenge I both had and didn't have is, uh, I, sorry, I need to turn that one off. Uh, so 
understanding, for example, working as a Swede in, in China, India, Middle East, uh, understanding how it is different. So in Sweden, we are quite quick, like the Germans, to cut to the chase, to go straight in. Uh, maybe not sugarcoat messages as much. Uh, and uh, getting it right uh, in, in the wrong culture, so to speak, where you don't have those clues can be a fatal disaster as, as uh, the problem. So what one... Uh, how should I frame it? So from my point of view, a failure. So I like to get to business quite quick. Uh, and one time I was working in the in, uh, in list, not named country. I wanted to sell in a, in a quite large project. And I literally spent many, many, many days just socializing, doing stuff, talking about family, all the things which is not in my normal comfort zone or what I normally would do. Of course, it's quite easy to do it, but I felt frustrated that uh, we couldn't get down to business. But as a, as a result of me adjusting to them, not so a failure from my point of view to do the right thing with a week led to that when the week was over, pretty much just uh, got a, a handshake out of out of the blue, like okay, you got the business, and then basically my follow-up question, like so, what what's like? what's the project? And he says, well, you're smart, you'll figure it out. So basically I had now, because I've earned the right, I can pretty much design the right and best solution for them with no limits, which is extremely unheard of in consulting usually. That you can, you can pick the best solution for them and not from the money point of view, but actually you can customize it, which is great when you work with, yeah. for example, changing people's behaviors, influencing. Uh, most consulting assignments and speech presentations is just you're there too short time to change uh, a habit for a job so uh, failure from my side it took too long time but on the back of it it turned out to be very good and i see a lot of people i'm helping to get it wrong with the culture understanding and the cultural patience so i hope that was useful yeah, definitely. One of the things and I know I imagine and probably other people do just because we, we don't really know other than what we see in films and yeah, TV, yeah. but in, in the intelligence uh, community, uh, I imagine, and I'm sure others do, that there are a number of covert tactics and methodologies for gaining influence and persuasion. Uh, and you, so you mentioned you mentioned some already like scanning your environment and going yep. into detail. Are, are there are there any others that might be useful for for people to think about and perhaps go away and learn for themselves or, or in, uh, train themselves on? Yeah, I, I would say I know that you have on your podcast previously mentioned uh, uh, Cialdini and uh, his yeah. uh, persuasion tactics. They are as applicable in all walks of life, including, of course, uh, the, this this context of. Uh, working with people because again today we, we are people we respond in a similar way uh, and because we often respond in a similar way that means you can actually game it so for example there are people uh, playing the, the the game of love or at least of one night stands by uh, finding that way how to understand uh, the opposite sex so i'm talking about for example the people who work with like pickup artists uh, they very much just do it for, for, for their own reasons. And, and, and because the brain is, is smart and stupid, if you can understand that how the cognitive ways work, then you can work that backwards without going to details what that is specifically. If we think about a situation, you often react in a similar way every single time. 
So that means that that is one way how we can go from being a novice to later become an expert. So you know that people in this space will usually do like this. And we, we got this big database of common ways how to do it. If that's a sales space, a presentation space. So bring that to the presentation space, for example, is to just know what you will say first. So you know that you don't get too nervous around that. Coming back to traits of, of the intelligence community, um, I would say it's very, very often uh, a game of feelings. And uh, we might or might not come back to, uh, we have started to talk about lies, then how can this guy write about trust? Actually, trust is, is a very, very essential thing. And it's a feeling. And, yeah. and uh, the, the gut feeling that we get is from the whole picture that we take in. So, for example, you can imagine that uh, the aspect of love can be used, like uh, you, uh, the whole likability. Uh, that can be both used and misused. You can also see how... Uh, uh, I, I have never like paid for information, like with, with hard currency, and I know uh, many other countries would actually do that. They would pay for information. i never done that. Uh, I have just got information through building rapport, trust, uh, likability, and, and, and talking about the, the, the greater good why that would help them or their family or anything else to actually gain uh, access to information that they normally would not reveal. So if you imagine someone else coming and you giving you like a wand of cash, for speaking, would you say anything to get that chunk of money? Depends, really, doesn't well, it? <laughs> probably, probably you, it's a very quite high likelihood you actually get the money. Yeah. And then in return, you might get um, uh, a lie, something gray, uh, but unlikely the genuine core content uh, and the actual feelings, because it's very hard to buy that with money in my experience and from what I've sure. seen. So like the same with the em employment, uh, if you pay someone to stay, but you don't own their, you haven't earned their uh, heart and trust, they will just stay until they find a bigger chunk of money somewhere else. Yeah, money doesn't generate uh, loyalty for most people yeah. in, in itself. Well, one of the things that I think got me most uh, interested in influence and persuasion, even well before I'd read Cialdini's book uh, yeah. and other similar books, was... Uh, um, I, I read a book that was really about marketing and one of the things it started talking about this is from a guy called Mark Joyner if you've ever heard of him he's an interesting guy has all the yep. simpleology website it's, uh, I think it's worth checking out he has some good yep. stuff uh, but he's, he's heavy on the sales for sure and uh, so one of his books was really about marketing and, and the hidden stuff with, with that and um, almost dark ops i suppose really yep. and that's where first that's where the veil was first lifted me like there's this whole world of influence and persuasion that most people are completely clueless about but yep. are being influenced by and persuaded by every single day media advertising and whatever else and other people in in their lives and for me the getting to have an understanding about that is part of the journey of empowerment is the yep. thing of 
just to give people an awareness and a real choice because they don't know they're being influenced. At least when you know you're being influenced, you can make a real choice as yep. to whether you wish to be or not. And so I see uh, diving into this particular area, and it's one that I'll probably spend a lot of time on various podcasts talking about. It has a lot of value for people because it can actually uh, hopefully lift the veil and open people's eyes because sometimes it's just taking a step back from what's actually going on and thinking what is actually happening here yep, what is yep. this person's intention what what's really going on rather than where most people are is in the heads or, or thinking about what they want to say next yeah yeah I, I i was brainstorming ahead of this meeting and then came up with like uh, a long list of bullets of like useful thoughts um uh, each and every one of them is worth a whole episode. I'll dump a few on you if that's okay. More than okay, please uh, do. Let, let, let's, uh, let's, uh, I'll do them one by one if you're okay with that and we can discuss it briefly. So if I say right. you will actually sell more if you don't sell, what do you think I mean by that? So if, you, if, you are not, yeah. uh, if you're not focused on the sale. Yeah, well, you, maybe... you, you will sell more if, if you're not selling. So stop right. selling. So stop being in that sort of I make the mindset uh, just make focus on the relationship. That was yeah. what it maybe so means. In, in essence, I mean, we, we all like to buy, but we hate to be sold to. Yeah. So if you're in the sales space listening to this, I mean, the, the less salesy you are, uh, and uh, I, t- I was learned by my former uh, company where I was working uh, to create a buying atmosphere. So that's staying away from the sales. So I stay away from the salesy language. Um, and then having the right frame of mind. So think about the perfect shopping experience where you feel in control, the buyer light feeling control. Uh, since this is about influencing, that means that you can actually influence them to feel in that space by your behavior. So that was one thing on them, my list. Uh, I'll throw in one more than I'd like to get you back to your, your list of questions you might have prepared. I've got a long list here. So another thought is, uh, to, to pat people's back. What do I mean by that? So people like to feel special. Uh, they like to feel like this is an exclusive thing for them only. Uh, they are selected and chosen for a reason, which is, of course, stroking their ego. That's a great way to, to, to build super strong rapport very quick. Uh, and then, then you are more likely to then get your message across. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a technique that, that cults use to recruit as well. One of their many yeah, techniques. Yeah, I'm sure, yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's very it's very effective. Yeah, and, uh, I felt part of a few to... cults. I felt as part of a cults a few times in my career. All right, okay, that that's no, kind of I, no, no. I, I've I felt when you when you're analyzing it in hindsight. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, I, I I've had uh, I, I've had times where I've had um, had to check in whether I was getting involved in a cult or not, <laughs> for for sure. And and I think there are even now some some businesses that kind of operate like like cults as well. So it's not just religious yeah. cults too. Yeah. And so there's sort of cult like behaviors. You even see that in in the political world now as well, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can all use the, the knowledge and skills from this podcast in, in a good way and or a bad way or a mix of the both. Uh, so I'm talking to the people who do good things with this information. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope yeah, so as well. Years. Yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not looking to use influence and persuasion for good, please stop listening. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so psychopaths or, or people who have got too, too big egos probably shouldn't carry on. 
this is this is one of the things that maybe sometimes I get questions about from yep. some, some of my clients about whether it's even ethical to be teaching these things in the first place. And well, yep. ultimately, you know, I I talk about this stuff and teach it because I think people need to be armed against it, not because they need to know how to to use it. But there are, of course, ethical ways of using influence and persuasion skills um, that are for the the general good or the greater good yep. and um so the, the greater good isn't putting isn't putting money in your pocket the the yep. greater good is in for to me empowering people and, and being of service so i i i would hope that people who are listening in and, and learning these sorts of things are intending to use their uh, what they learn ethically and, and for yeah. good but of course there's no guarantee yeah can i can i share a funny yet strange example from the other week sure uh, I was working with my older son, uh, Ivan, uh, and uh, he uh, had uh, his uh, equivalent of the GCSC. So the, basically the, the annual curriculum test of all everything he's learned so far in, in maths. And, uh, uh, and he was not focused at all. He was playing around with some stupid YouTube video, which was very, very, very offensive. But I used my knowledge to like reprogram him to use that stupid video which he had on his like mind and, and disturbed him all the time. I used that to get him to learn the things he found hardest in this whole book. So by him playing that stupid song in his mind, he was just reminding himself about the formulas and how, uh, how it all worked and, ha and, and hang together. I found that super interesting. So I, I just basically used his, his negative flow to anchor something positive and content into it so uh, very interesting so i'm not trained in in i know so many people who've done like uh nlp training neural language programming yeah. i've not had a, any training linked to that but when i read about and read those kind of books i can see that so many things i've even been taught or actually i'm applying it's it's very much linked to that so the one key term i use it like the whole anchoring thing is uh, i've been a bit cheeky sometimes uh, and, and when I wanted to remind people about something which is important in their life, so for example, telling you uh, about wh when you see this, think about that in, in, in the right logical way. So for example, every single time you're, you're like uh, behind a, a, a truck or a lorry and you're about to overtake, you, you will come up with this other extra thought on the side, which is, uh, yeah. And that should, of course, be like to to do a safe, um, uh, yeah, to do a safe way to how to drive around the other truck. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm yeah, you you can uh, trigger things, and this is also used in uh, hypnosis. Yeah, and I um, have seen that also used for for good reasons and and occasionally also for bad reasons. I've never been hypnos hypnotized myself, but I'm aware of. Have you? Yes, uh, and I have trained in uh, hypnotherapy and yeah. NLP in, in the past as yes. well. So, so during mostly during that training is when I've experienced yeah. actual hypnosis in the yeah. lives. And um, I, I find it a, a fascinating area. I really do, and yes. and I do use I use a lot of it now. Sometimes yes. maybe unconsciously as well. Um, but there there are certainly like some of my coaching calls that I do in group coaching. I, I do a a visualization which is a hypnotic style visualization which yes. uses a lot of nlp stuff in it although it is an eyes closed process yeah. um but yeah I, I i really do use it all the time but 
for me, it's using it when I use it consciously, I, I'm using it to work with clients and to, yep. to help them in some way. The, I think everyone at, I think everyone is hypnotized. Everyone's hypnotizable. And I think everyone is hypnotized at some point to some degree. Just we don't always realize where we are hypnotized. Like there was yes. a, a, a very famous hypnotherapist, one of the, the father of modern hypnotherapy, really, Milton Erickson who um he basically believed that everyone was in a trance of disempowerment and his job was to help people move into being in a trance of empowerment that we're always yep. in trance but it's just whether that trance is disempowering or empowering because you know even yes. the stuff we have in our environment is hypnotizing it's, it's mental programming and that's really what hypnosis is right? yeah yeah i like to 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 latch on to what you said that is so important like it has been said over and over by many many people in books and all of the world like you are like the average of, of the five people you see the most uh, and and that is just so true so i like to link that to if one of those persons is the tv then what you actually watch on the tv becomes quite important and then very much will influence your dreams uh, your behaviors your values for sure uh, and interesting to see how we actually spend so many hours with some movie stars very often a lot more than with our own family yeah uh, so that's, that's a thought yeah I, I i struggle to understand people's obsession with uh, with celebrity and uh, reality tv and uh, to the point where um they are far more interested in what's going on in celebrities supposed private yep. lives or at least what yep. you're what you are led to believe is their private life and uh, then they are in what's going on in their own lives uh, i think there are a number of uh, maybe more obvious psychological reasons for that and some of that is to do with you know, personal responsibility or not actually wanting to deal with what's going on in your own life yep. and reality yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so so it is it is really the generally in life we make i feel we make the choice between um and entertaining ourselves or educating ourselves and and i think yeah. that is purely uh it is uh, for for people who enjoy that it's just diversion that there is nothing there's no nutrition there there's no, no yeah no exactly there. it's it's a, it's a tough choice if you like to focus on consume or create uh, and uh and lots and lots of the the people who are the the new, new the new working title influencers um uh, they very much uh, are aware, consciously or subconsciously, that they need to put out stuff every single day. So ideally, people get their dose of this person every single day. So it means they're almost like an addiction that you should tune in to see what this person is up to, whether that is for educational reasons or entertainment or whatever it is. It is very much uh, a, a small obsession, and that mentor or that celebrity or whoever it might be becomes very much part of your life and really influences your thinking to a high degree. Yeah, for sure. When I hear people introduce themselves as influencer, I really can't stop my eyes rolling back in my head, uh, and I hear a different word as well in my head, which I'm which I'm not going to repeat on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, uh, pe people are buying into this. I mean. I, there's a, there's a podcast that I'm obsessed by at the moment yes. by a guy called Mike Winnett. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, checked yeah. him out? He, so he's like doing all these sort of uh, <laughs> entrepreneurs and, uh, and the, the, yeah. formulas that, the formulas that they use to get people to buy and the, the lack yeah. of ethics and all of this. 
amazing stuff. I, I really, really am a, a big admirer of his podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't think he's really been trained in things like NLP or influence and stuff, but, but uh, he, does, he does it really well, just naturally. Yeah, yeah, he, he's deconstructed it really well. Actually, we had him on, had him on our podcast, Investing, oh, wonderful. Uh, very recently, and we saw a different side of him. He actually talked about not only uh, getting the mic out of other people, but actually himself a bit. Uh, yeah, I, what I like about him and other people like that who are taking someone of, of the, the big names out there and deconstructing what are they actually doing. So I know quite a few who have been working with, um, are you familiar with uh, Grant Cardone? Yes, yeah. I, I've, I've been working in the personal development development industry for about 15 years. So yeah, I, I, know, okay, my, I know most of these yeah, guys. Yeah. So I, I have been sharing stage with him before-ish. So it was uh, as, as his warm-up act and he's been on our podcast as well. Um, there has been a few people in America who's also in a similar way, uh, like uh, uh, Mr. Winnett, have deconstructed what they actually uh, are doing and up to and uh, digging deeper. And and unfortunately, uh, if you dig really, really deep in, in most people's lives, you will find things which you, you wouldn't expect. Um, uh, and also, the reasons why people do things can also be very different. So I, I am personally at the stage where I, if you think one like the, the Maslow's hierarchy, uh, I got many of the basic steps very much sorted. So I, I don't need to work to survive because I have got assets working in the background. However, I like to grow more and better. So the reason why people teach is often very different. So one reason right now for me to help other people is I genuinely like to help other people. But of course, my time is finite. Uh, I don't want to waste my time by teaching people who will not take action because I'm very much around action. So um, having said all of that, what was my key idea there really? If you would like to be influenced by someone, try to understand the influence. What is their purpose of actually influencing you? Is it just to get your money? Is there another reason? Is there a genuine reason to help? Uh, and have they been where you want to go? That's not mm -hmm. always necessary in terms of coaching uh, because that's a particular skill that can unlock things also in spaces that you don't even know and understand. So yeah, have they been where you want to be? It's interesting. I I just had a having a flash of a thought of uh, one other thing. When I was at university, I, I studied English amongst other things, and yeah. uh, uh, so I think I speak it quite well now. But um, one of the things that I did for my final year was uh, a project about the film Blade Runner, and it meant watching the different versions of it and really pulling it yeah. apart. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, it was really hard to enjoy watching a film when you're watching it to analyze it. Yes. And, to, and to pull it apart. The whole enjoyment factor disappears. Uh, and you're really just looking for what's right, what's wrong, what, what that means, what that doesn't mean. And, and for a while, I, I think the next film I watched after that was uh, Pulp Fiction. And, and I was just immediately already in the mental habit of, I was deconstructing it from the start. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just could not enjoy that film. I, I don't know. I mean, I look yeah. back and I've watched it since. And it's like, okay, it's actually kind of a fun film. But yeah. I actually have to consciously switch that off to, yeah. to watch a film because my natural tendency now is to, is to look, why is that happening? Why is that person doing that? Why are we seeing that? What are they going to do? And you can, in most cases, 
predict what's coming up next in a film and it yep. kills it absolutely kills it yes exactly yeah but life is a bit like that as well no you're not as predictable as a formulaic film yes. but um but when you take that step back and think what is actually going on here what's this person's intention what kind of energy am i getting from them and uh, what's their body language like that you you can get a pretty good idea about where things are going to go what kind of challenges you're going to have yes. in a particular situation yeah, and, and that comes back to, again, the open your senses and you will pretty much start to see where people will end up in terms of life trajectory as well. Uh, and and you, you know, because we all got faces in life. Uh, sorry, people like to get hold of me here. Uh, just throw that away. Goodbye. Far away now. So for people listening to this, uh, even if you've got the phone on, on, on mute or silent, it can still distract you. So now I threw it far away. So uh, another form of hypnosis. It is, it is, it is, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's all around getting your attention. So you mentioned that you started lots of things around marketing. Marketing is really good with getting your attention. And, and it's all around the theme of your whole podcast about influencing and, and, and getting you on the hook. Uh, indeed. I'd like to... to move into talking a bit more about your your working presentation and and speaking yeah can, can you tell us a bit more about what you talk about and and maybe even go into um some of like, your vision mission purpose for doing that yep right so uh talk about what i'm talking about so one thing uh, i'm teaching uh, still are things uh, around the the sales negotiation uh, space so uh, I was recently working with a very large hotel group in China and Australia. Uh, I still work with that. It used to be my full-time day job to do consulting in the, the sales marketing space. It was very close to what, what you talk about also in the, on this podcast. It used to be my day job. Um, all of these uh, great thoughts brings me to sidetracks all the time. It's frustrating. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, the, the, so, digression, so, the digressions so, so, are really exactly. interesting. So, uh, so I'm, I'm a very lucky space because I can talk about things that I'm passionate about. So that is one thing I'm passionate about, helping other people get that right. Because since I've been working there, helping people, uh, I've seen so many bad ways, bad sales, bad marketing to help them to get that right. Uh, same with negotiation. People that only think about themselves and try to get that slightly better. Uh, that is something I find important. So I talk about those things. Uh, I also teach around how to invest in uh, real estate, uh, different tactics around that. So from, from high level strategies to very much how to get started. I'm still, still doing that today. Uh, I also help people to find money. Yes, you heard right. I teach people how to literally find money, how to become more investable, how to raise money. And this is super applicable to entrepreneurs, startups, very large companies. And of course, it's the transition into real estate is quite obvious. So those are the key things where I spend time talking, uh, paid, unpaid, uh, different ways, uh, different countries, different languages, usually English. So yeah, uh, that's what I like to talk about. Uh, and uh, why do I do that? Uh, I still like to get some money here and there. I think that's interesting and the inspiration because uh, people around me like to have money from me. So that means I can then give it away again. Yeah, but it's good. Uh, 
including my family. Uh, so yes, that, that's one reason. Another reason is, of course, uh, the, the passion to help others. I, I have been working with that so many times, for example, with the military. Often when we did real operations, it was around people in emergencies. Uh, helping people in war situations, helping people post-war, uh, working with the United Nations, working with the UNICEF, uh, World Food Program, um, helping people to get real aid food on the ground uh, in reality. And, uh, uh, and I really like to help others. Uh, but like I said, I need to now be more strategic around how I am doing that. Before, it, it was maybe to be on the ground helping uh, actually a very, very large part of Congo to actually get food by managing all the money in that project. To, that was a great example of where your skills are leveraged so that many, many hundreds can work and you are a very important cog in, in that uh, machinery. Um, mm. Same thing like the, 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 the podcasting is just around giving money as well. It's not to, to monetize. Uh, so... With, with that, uh, invest in you and invest in skills, two different ones. Uh, I try to share content that people can actually act on. Uh, so that's a great example of, of, of talking. Another way of talking is actually try to get your words down. Uh, another way to help and influence many people is actually to get that book out of your head. So that's another way how you can actually leverage your time. And all of a sudden, you can now spend five, six, seven, eight hours with someone without even being present uh, and that, yeah. that's fascinating as well so that's another way how we can talk to others um it's so, a nice it's a nice framework i like that yeah and and what one one more thing so the the companies i have like the 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 vision behind it is to help with quality education number four of united nations sustainability goals so my course is to help others and one way to do that is also to help my children of course every parent would like to help their children but i'm teaching my kids to teach others around entrepreneurship what does that mean ultimately they become small ambassadors and and they applying what i teach to them means that they learn it but they learn it deeper because they also teach and present and talk about so in, in march we'll have a training called how to make money as a teenager which exactly what it says on the tin uh, Many, many people and parents would love to help the kids to, to make money, but they have no clue how to, to chunk it down and make it understandable. So, yeah, I help people pretty much all day long. Uh, Man, I would, I would have loved to have gone to that, uh, to that workshop when I was a teenager. Same, so, same, yeah. completely. This is one of, the, one of the biggest things I hear from people, especially where now I've been uh, in the NLP training arena before now uh, yeah. as not just learning it but I was teaching and, and training for a while and uh, one of the things I hear from people is I wish I'd learned I wish I'd learned this when I was a kid I wish I'd yeah, learned this early, yeah. sooner especially when you know, old, older people coming into these trainings uh, you think oh so much of life that this could have made a big difference is but well just be glad you have it now is like yeah because exactly, most, exactly, most yeah. people will go through their lives without knowing any of this and will live and die completely clueless <laughs> as to uh, any of this information at all but Yes. For, but now we also see, a, we do see a, a generation of kids who are being taught these skills because they're so much more commonly known now. Still not, yep. maybe still not by enough people, but they're enough commonly known that there are a lot more children growing up empowered and people actually looking more to 
giving their children an entrepreneurial edge, not just yes. thinking that, I mean, I, regardless of what you think of the education system, it, it doesn't set people up for anything other than going into a job, really. Yeah. So, so if we want entrepreneurs, we want businesses, it's, it's kind of coming from the entrepreneurial community and often entrepreneurial parents teaching their kids. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so it's great to hear that you're doing something that is really uh, for other people's kids, but then where, where you can impart wisdom yes. and knowledge to, to empower them for their lives. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's so true what you say there. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, you have written some books, uh, and one of them, uh, I think one of them that I saw about was Trust is the New Currency is the title of one of your books. Yeah, exactly. Can, can you tell us what you mean by that? Uh, it's actually... Uh, pointing out that trust is more important than ever and uh, we we are very much trading in trust as we're trading with money as well uh, so it means that the, the trust becomes almost like a currency uh, last but not least uh, if you have trust you can very quickly turn that into currency as well so you can actually use that to get business faster you can build your right team because you've got people you can trust you can use that to attract investments and, and to grow your business and projects uh, further as well. So it's all, all linked. Yeah. With, with that, I mean, see, you see on the world stage that perhaps uh, trust uh, in the political arena is, uh, is, is not really <laughs> existing. Um, where, it seems to get, where it seems to get used the most is uh, people creating mistrust around their opponents rather than yeah. trust in themselves. Yes. And, do, do you see any of that in the business world as well? Uh, yeah, I see a lot of discredit and so on. Um, another way linking your former questions linked to like the whole intelligence thing, something we have not touched upon at all is linked to discredit things uh, and is business intelligence. And that's something which is extremely rarely spoken about, but it's very real. Yeah. Uh, people can enter computer systems, uh, people can en enter uh, other people's uh, information storage uh, so much easier than they think. And people can actually use the, the military uh, intelligence skills in a business context to get access sometimes to, to come back to the question originally, sometimes using the information to discredit anyone. Right, and anyone who might actually be a, a danger to the uh, to the status quo yep. can can pretty much be wiped out by by media as well. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I guess the media. I I see, particularly in the UK, I see a lot of the media as a, a tool of of not just government but really of power of powerful institutions to yes. to be able to hold on to their power by really being able to. Um, poison the chalice of people who uh, yeah. who might who might actually be um very wonderful and ethical people um but they they get so um so discredited that people are like no i couldn't couldn't believe in them i couldn't uh, couldn't follow them i look what they've done look at these things uh, you know throw enough dirt and uh, yeah, and, done. yeah. And, and we with uh, uh, one thing that you learn very often is um working with intelligence is uh, the, the source of information and quality of that source. In today's social media society, that means that, that, that the, the, the source critique is completely absent. Uh, something can completely blow up 
uh, which might be just a lie. Uh, and it's shared even more so when it's a lie, uh, when it's a big controversial topic because people think it's so outrageous. Uh, so they share it, whether it's true or not. Who knows? Um, before, that, that uh, was kind of more illegal and more immoral to share lies about people. But today I see that more than ever on social media in particular, where people can just start anything and they can influence a country, can influence population by applying the influencing and marketing skills like most likely has happened. I would not be surprised at all that uh, Russia has, uh, of course, taken chances to influence some of the elections in Sweden, uh, in, in the US, probably in the UK, uh, for, for what, whatever reasons. And, and we're not going to find out in the UK because and they don't the want to release around. the report. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Facebook and, 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 has yeah. said that uh, he's, they're not going to stop. Uh, they're not going to um, pull ad, political ads where that lie. And yep. well, that, that to me, I think to most people, that, that seems a bit insane. It's like if people, yep. are, if people are persuading and influencing with lies, there is an ethical responsibility to to do something about that as much as yeah. there is to stop all the fake news stuff. Yeah. So so it is it is interesting and and I do find it um, fascinating that the the really the things have been set up in a way generally now where people don't know what's true anymore uh, and there is a pushback against that is that yeah. pe because people do need to feel that they know what's what's true and what they can depend upon do you think we can ever we can ever really get back to that now given given the, the world that we live in uh i i think on a personal level and if that's really really your focus you can actually build trust uh, it's hard to repair completely broken trust that's why i've not focused on, on how, explaining how to to fix your broken trust and and talk about all the bad things around trust i focus on talk about how to actually create maintain and, and keep it once you've broken trust in a relationship uh with your customers anything is really really hard to get that back because that will always be their reminder in the back of one so that's for example one one reason why people like are uh, uh unfaithful or cheating uh, which is is more 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 common than than people would uh, agree yeah. or, and, and I, I guess i'm talking about that like, the relationship with reality which maybe is a bit deep for uh, no no <laughs> it's, it's, i mean uh, it's yeah uh, to yeah coming back to trust it's it's hard to build it's very fast to 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 destroy in in your own presentations yeah um how how would you go about working trust and rapport into into a presentation? Uh, I would try to have some kind of decent uh, ideas anchoring why it's even worthwhile to listen to me by sharing that with, for example, with the host, so they can be part of the original information to even attract people in the first place to to give some credibility to myself. Uh, I hate. And like people who are uh, talking people up too much, I really like because you feel you feel really good about having a really good uh, presentation about who you are, and people who do that professionally without overdoing it, I think that's fantastic because that starts means that you start with with a glowing aura. You feel really good about yourself, and the audience will also feel that okay, we should probably pay some attention. I really like that. What I don't like about that is when it's done in a not genuine way. Uh, 
because that means that even before the speaker has started to speak, uh, it feels a bit off. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that, I can I can remember yeah. listening to a, a a speaker and who this is a while back, but yes. he's clearly done some NLP training. And one of the things he kept saying over again is that if you're like me, and then then you know that, and then he come up again, but like me, and so you kept you kept hearing like oh, me. Okay, now it's like, okay, like it took me, me it like took me, me. <laughs> two, it took it took me twice to to spot that. Yeah, 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 and <laughs> uh, and it was it, after after <laughs> multiple repetitions, it became very obvious that you kept hearing like me. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Um, it was. He overdid it, in my opinion. He overdid it. Yes. But then again, uh, it, sometimes it's hard to know, like when you when you know this stuff, when you're trained in it, you will pick up on that. When you're not, you yeah. may not. It's, so it's, true. I really don't know. Um, yeah. I know when I was when I was uh, initially training in rapport skills and uh, and NLP. Um, one of the things they teach you the basics are like matching and mirroring. Right? You know the the physical. Yeah. Uh, similar positions and um, either do exactly you know, sit how they're sitting in some way or, or mirror it. And one I was teaching, you you can't go too far with that. And one of the one of the things I, I started to notice afterwards, because most people don't know you're doing it. Uh, yeah, I would yeah. I would still be you know if, if you start to get a strange look if you're doing that, then then people probably are picking up on it. But you do sometimes get these conversations with people where you know you may find yourself talking a bit like them, or, or um, you, know, you may even actually know what they're going to say next because yeah, the, yeah. the rapport yeah, can get that yes. sort of deep. So when it happens naturally, you wouldn't even think about those things. But true, true. When it when it doesn't happen naturally, and when it's being forced, there are people who will pick up on it. I, it's just hard to say uh, at what point people who aren't knowledgeable or trained in this might start to think what's going on here yeah exactly and, and if if you are good at this then it means it it will be part of who you are in a natural way i mean uh, i used to teach something i call it becoming a chameleon and you can just imagine what that means that's everything from like the, the mirror matching to to, to customizing the message to to be more like them more like with all of those things uh, together, I like to share a crazy story where uh, mirror matching went completely bonkers uh, and, <laughs> and just wrong. Uh, it was uh, uh, if I give you two countries, I won't say which which of the two it was. It was either in Pakistan or India where this happened. I was working both okay. uh, with similar things. So it was uh, me and uh, a colleague. We had uh, we were military observers, which meant think about you know football, the game. Uh, you are like the referee. You're there very much in the middle of it. You're not supposed to interfere or do anything, but you should be very aware of what's going on on both sides. So yeah, like a football referee between India and Pakistan on the border in Kashmir. That was basically my job. Uh, and there we had a meeting. So talk about mirror and matching. Uh, and if we would have mirrored the behavior of the person across the table, in this case, uh, a very senior ranking military uh, officer and... Um, he was very uncomfortable with sharing the information that we uh, requested. We can't demand it because we were United Nations. So we were requesting information that he clearly, clearly, clearly didn't want to say. You can see that with his whole body language. So much so that he was like leaning, leaning, leaning to the side more and more and more. And all of a sudden he just 
fell down off his chair from sitting on a normal chair, he fell down to the floor. So if you would have been trying to mirror matching too closely there, you also would have fallen over. That would be really even more awkward. So yeah. Mirror but then sometimes those things extreme. happen. Somebody yeah. somebody chips <laughs> up and if you're in pool with them, you might have a bit of a trip yourself. And yeah. those, those things can happen in Indeed. deep, deep rapport. But yeah, certainly if you're trying to do that, it's probably not yeah. such a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the story. <laughs> <laughs> from, from a presenter point of view, um, yep. I just wanted to ask you, what, what do you think is most important for you in giving a giving a talk giving a presentation uh just like uh anything what's in it for them uh so i used to have a, a great great guy uh one of the founders behind the organization called b1g1 check it out if you want buy one give one really great course um so his name is paul dunn he is a fantastic presenter and speaker he always used to say before going on stage he always said for them, for them, for them. And that was very much his getting into the frame where I'm doing this presentation for them. But later in life, he matured. I'm not sure where he picked up the idea from, but he changed that to for us, for us, for us. So he's very much now, I'm not only doing this for them, I'm not only here for them, but I'm here for everyone's sake, including myself. So customize the message to, to them. Uh, don't forget yourself in, in the picture. I'm not saying that from like you, you present to sell. I'm saying that from, from a deeper level, not, not the transactional level. Like think what's in it for, for them and for you, hence for us. Same with, with doing that. That brings you closer to the audience. If it's for them, that means you're, you're a step ahead a step behind or you see yourself higher than the audience and trying to put yourself on the pedestal and trying to put yourself further distance from the audience is not the right way to do so the closer you can get to the audience uh, walk the room work the room by actually having eye contact with people in different parts of the room actually physically use the room and this can be used also when you've got huge audience as well you can still move around the room to engage and show that you are not only the person up there on stage, you're actually amongst all of us together. Yeah. So that, that's a, a thought. So sometimes when, when I've done presentation trainings in the past, especially my, my early days of learning how to speak, and I paid for a lot of training uh, as well as you know, doing things like Toastmasters, yep. which I still do, um, that people would describe the uh, the stage as being the expert zone and that there's a barrier between the audience and the stage yep. and where you step up and suddenly at the front, just by being the person standing at the front, you are in the expert zone because yes. you're daring to be out there talking about it. So I like this idea of bringing the expert zone into the audience as well. It's like, no, yep. you are a part of this. Yep. Uh, you're, you're still going to... Uh, up there as the person speaking, but uh, you're not separating yourself from that. That's a, that's a really for, for me. That's a really nice idea and something that uh, that I um, I'm, I'm thinking how I can bring that into my own presentations. Yeah, and yeah, and, and 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 just sharing this with you is just a great reminder. And and uh, uh, I'm I'm not perfect by any means at all. Uh, but just saying this is just reminding me I should do even more of it because when you do it, it's even even better and engaging for the audience. 
Well, the goal is never to be perfect, right? It's just to get yeah, and always do learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, fantastic. Um, who are the people who you trust? I trust my wife. Uh, sometimes more than I trust myself because <laughs> she's got better judgment than me. I'm I'm more uh, running into risk, and she's uh, taking it more easy. So that's one person I trust. Uh, I. Uh, Great question. How about speakers or people in the professional world? Uh, great question. Uh, I, I would say I'm not saying this to 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 be evil. When when the when you are part of the speaking community, uh, which I very much am, then you know people even better. And many people I used to put on a pedestal uh, in the early days. Uh, I, I don't for whatever reasons anymore. So either like on level or that you see that actually this person is not doing this for the same reason as me, which is like to help others. They yes, maybe only doing it for money uh, or other things. And, and I not really despise that because there's a reason for that, of course, as well. Uh, I rather not name drop because I got many okay. people I, I like and I take parts of what they do, but uh, I wouldn't say that I fully trust them. Uh, with my with my kids, so to speak. <laughs> so maybe maybe not that kind of level of trust, but maybe no, in no, a, no, a level no, of no, trust it's, it's just, you would buy from them, or, or yeah, yeah, no, I I would have to buy from them anything else. It's just uh, my my dad taught me something when I was young, which was not the best thing to teach a, a, a teenagers. Like you, you can never trust anyone. That was like his angle on, on having him and my mom separating. Uh, I very much I do it the other way around. I trust people until they prove that. I can't trust them. So I, I start from the level of, I can trust you, but you can quite quickly be moved away from that if, if you don't do that. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think I've always, I was brought up the, yeah, the, that way around, that you, you trust people until they show you they can't, you can't yeah. trust them, uh, yeah. which, which has mostly served me well. It's obviously, I think we all get burnt. Uh, we all get burnt from time to time, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you get you get very very lonely if you decide to not trust anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, but it also you know uh, not just in terms of connection, but even professionally yeah. as well. You, you're gonna you're gonna be either micromanaging the people you're working with, or or just treating people like they're not really people. Is that, yes. you have to really be able to develop some level of trust there. But it's fascinating, and I, I want to be respectful of your time, so I want to try and, try and draw things to a, to a close interview. But I, I feel like I could, you know, it's been fascinating, and I could talk to you for hours. Um, one of the things I, I would like to know is, is, is there a question that you like to be asked, or would have liked that I asked today? Um, that's a great question. I use variations of it myself. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I would uh, ask, what, what's what's your best advice in terms of becoming a, a better whatever, fill in the blank? That's the question I'd like to have. What would you answer? What would you answer? Uh, I would ask answer something along the lines like, if you'd like to become really, really good at something, find the best person you can in that space and learn from them or do it yeah. with them. Great. Get, get yourself so, a mentor. Something I hope I learned early in my days, but yeah, it's useful. Yeah. Absolutely. For, for me, my, my own learning is, has always gone much faster when it's been learning with people and being live and being able to interact and, and spend yeah. time with them as well. So I think that's really good and sound advice. 
please please tell us I, I know I'm going to be wanting to check out your podcast I'm sure audience <laughs> members will as well please tell us how we can do that and, and how people yep. can find out more about you sure so uh, in terms of podcast wherever you find your podcast including this one uh, you can find either invest in you there which is more holistically around uh, self-development uh, we have people talk about presentation skills there we uh, talk about health we talk about investments and so on and so forth we also have another one which is more niche which is called investing skills so if you're in that space that can also be helpful but those are two podcasts which are out there for you great and, and if people want to read one of your books what which book would you, uh, books would you the, the, the one which came out last year is called trust is the new currency uh, i'll have two books coming out this year uh, if you're a, a parent follow me on, on any social media and you will see probably towards march or so when uh, the how to make money as a teenager is, is out there for your teenagers Great. I, I would, uh, just, just from what we talked about there, I would definitely be recommending if you've got teenagers, get them along to, get them along to that course uh, yeah. because it's, it's going to set them up for life. Well, yeah. well, fantastic. I, it, you've been a really wonderful guest and uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know, maybe you'd be willing to come back again another sequel, time yeah. and uh, have, have a sequel. But it's been, yeah. it's been really fascinating to talk to you and, and you, you've shared a lot of really great information and given a lot of good, good value today. And, and there's, more, there's more to get from your books and your podcasts and uh, I'll, I'll be going and visiting them myself. Frederick, thank you so much. Perfect. And I uh, appreciate you sharing with the world and, and bringing people like myself to your audience. Thanks, John. Thank you. This has been the Loki podcast from Present Influence. If you have learned anything today in this podcast, please be sure to put it into action and use what you learn. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to recommend us and make sure you like and subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. It's been our pleasure having you watch or listen in today and we look forward to you joining us again for the next Loki podcast.